Hey, what's up, everybody? Sitting here with my buddy Greg Walsh. Greg, how you doing, man? Good, thank you. Good morning, thanks. Yeah, it's um, we talked yesterday for quite a while, and you know, there was we were talking a little bit about uh, just the craziness in the world. You were sharing just a second ago that you saw some stuff, just people kind of on the fringe of their feelings, and it's we we said the word percolating. You know, there, there's like some stress that's percolating, but as much as we could delve down that road and, and we need to acknowledge that life is crazy and messed up in a lot of ways right now. I think the objective that you and I have is to be relentlessly forward and at best relentlessly forward positively. You know, I think, um, agreeably that we would rather put our heads down and work forward than sit here and nag about all the things that everybody knows is wrong anyway. Right. Geez, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 proving it's proving itself quickly that um, simply observing what's going on right now is not enough to move people forward. The observation, the 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 intensive, mostly negative observation, is is just keeping people tied up. We're see we're seeing even really smart, often forward thinking people that we know on a personal level just get so overwhelmed with all this stuff that their forward momentum is stopped. And I guess, I don't know if, if there was, if there was really a goal of, of, of a talk today around this time, it, it's, I don't know, it's sharing that neither of us is by nature, this inherently bubbly positive person, <laughs> but, 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 but also by nature that moves us forward. It, it's, it's something I've, I've referred to often. And I think about a lot that, that, you know, there, there's, there's some of these like, you know, I say this almost in a loving way, but these nearly sociopathic types that, that, you know, don't feel anything or feel far less and are still able to drive forward through, through that, that that's not me. Um, yeah. the, the, the weight and, and the emotion and the feeling is a lot of times the only thing that pushes it forward. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's not based on what I want for myself um, or what I feel would be best for me personally. It's based on what we could do for others. But but that's no less of a motivation or a driver. It's just yeah. a different one. Well, you know, it's I was having an interesting conversation with a guy yesterday, uh, a part of those series of calls I was telling you about. But nevertheless, um, he, he was sharing a, a, an emotion with me that we typically identify as negative, which was jealousy, you know. And he, he was having these feelings about certain aspects of his life. And, you know, I, I look back at myself and I think for so long I compartmentalized feelings. Like if you were happy, that was top to bottom. That's who you were. If you were sad, oh, that's just a sad person. Like I didn't fragment that maybe it was all just like this. I was imagining to him like you have a bottle that's half full and you turn it on its side and you just kind of teeter-totter it and you see how it waves and ebbs and flows. That's how I feel like emotion is now. It's not like these super structured things. I feel like it's more of a wheel. So I asked him, I said, what if your jealousy is the very thing that gets you motivated to get you to take action, to get you to the result that you're jealous of? And it's this wheel, you know, like what if the things that we try to stuff down and inherently say aren't good for us are really the gasoline to the fire if you can process it outright. And, I, and that's one of the things that I've, really struggled with in my life is too often I've held on to things because I thought that's the way other people wanted me to do it. But when I really kind of just let go and, and looked at myself from the standpoint of this is how I feel and it's driving me somewhere. So should I go where the feelings go or should I go where my 
ideas go is or what the ideas that people have around me. I know this is really confusing, but well, no, it, man. I mean, it, it it isn't confusing. It's it's really just the the quintessential balance of your heart and your head. Yeah. And and for for <laughs> for me, for what this is worth, and I'm not really sure how much that's worth, is when when I've when I've had those two things at war are really the only times that I've gotten myself into any sort of trouble that I shouldn't have. And yeah. it, it's basically just that I didn't listen to the louder one in the way that I should have. And you know, if, if, if you're, if you're 18 years old and you've never been through anything, um, this is a different answer. But once people have walked through the fire a little bit, and, and once people have had some experiences worthwhile ones, and, and also ones that are less worthwhile, you can start to be able to trust your, your guts a little bit. And you listen to whatever's talking the loudest. And, and, you know, occasionally that's going to present this negative. I mean, th this, there's no way that I'm going to say that if your brain is telling you something negative, that it's inherently bad. It's just, as you said, that that perceived negativity may be a really strong driver. And, and, and again, for me personally, I mean, that, that has led me to, I guess, like a really positive platform. I've sure. had some, I've had some really, really negative times and done some really negative things. And, and, uh, while I believe that anything that I've ever done to anyone negatively has been justified, it still doesn't mean that it was right. And it still doesn't mean that it was forward thinking, Sure, but, but it taught me a lesson of something I'm never going to do again. So yeah, you, you know, if, if, if our brains and our hearts, if our minds and our hearts are talking to us and one is louder than the other and you trust yourself, it, it's, it's important to listen to what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, something, it, it, this is relevant too. And it, I'd kind of stuffed it down cause I thought it was ridiculous. at the same time I went back to it and I checked this thing again and I'd gotten a message from a lady very, uh, I guess it was a couple of days ago, but nevertheless, I had written something probably 2012, 2013. Um, and I was classifying coaching some females and I was talking about, you know, their mental state or their mental approach towards training. And sometimes I would program females a bit lighter than what I thought maybe they even should get like from Prilpin's chart or something. I would go like maybe 5% less okay. because I, I perceived that with females, especially beginners, that it would be better. And I'm saying it, much more eloquently, I think, than I did in the article, but something along the lines of, uh, you know, females f tend to do better when they have momentum of confidence and adding too much weight and having a failure can sometimes set them back for weeks or months mentally, which physically can harm their training, but something along the lines of, so I would rather program a bit lighter and have them do an extra rep or two or an extra set. So this person approaches me, you know, this is total woke wokeness but she was like you're so offensive and this is so sexist and like just attacking me and she even admitted in the message that she had attacked the bot that this website where it was published she was attacking the bot talking to me so she kind of came to my twitter and started attacking me there hmm. and i ended up just kind of thinking about it for a day or so and i went back to her and I, I sent the message and i said look i see your stance i see where it come from and i think i should have clarify that this was a generalization versus telling the truth that this was anecdotal evidence that I had about a particular set of females at the time. You know, I was generalizing something and I try not to do that now, you know, but I, it was eight or seven years ago. So I'm allowed <laughs> to grow. I'm allowed to make these mistakes. And I said, and furthermore, 
I still stand by what I said because it was the truth, but I shouldn't have packaged all females into that box. And I don't know if she'll accept it. I don't know if she'll whatever, but I did. I messaged the, the website director and I was just like, Hey, do with this what you will. Here's both sides of it. I didn't apologize for what I said, but I did understand where the person was coming from. So if the person can't hear that conversation and acknowledge that one growth should happen, if you're in a growth mindset or just trying to better yourself, but we also have to understand that people change, people evolve, people's ideas that can be very, very small. If you travel the world or you go to different burbs in your area, or you just meet new people, you are indefinitely going to change. So I think we need to start understanding that these ideas or these mistakes that people make and these positions that people have taken at times in their lives doesn't cast them in stone. You know, I thought part of the human experience was to evolve. I mean, just fundamentally, that is what we do. I mean, it, it's true. And, and a, a thought that I've been having a lot lately, uh, similar to what you're saying, is is that even a, even a broken up foundation of rubble can become a firm foundation. It just takes the right mixture of elements. And th that's that's really what I'm that's really what I'm seeing a lot from the world at large. But even what you just said and, and in thinking about what you just said in terms of what, what we do, progress is always the governor. So we, we've gotten flack before because we differentiate uh, men's and women's weights in warm up. Um, very, right. seldom, very seldom on the training day, but sometimes in the cool downs. And, you know, one of the terms we use a lot is scaled to ability. So we, we do understand that there are certain things that pull more progress than others and that certain weights do that. And for us, that's just, that's just a fact. It's something that I could explain to anyone that was asking. It's also not, it's also not a philosophical issue. It's a factual issue. Um, and we often shift everything based on fact. And, and sometimes people like it and sometimes they don't. But the reality is if, if, if forward movement and progress is your governor, then you expect some stumbles along the way in, in, in the interest of actually learning what you're doing versus just guessing. Yeah. And, you know, I guess that circles back to what we were talking about with, with, with people. And I guess one thing that I, I would want to make sure that we land is also that listening to your heart or listening to your head or, or allowing yourself to stumble when necessary is, is not the same sort of free pass that we talked about prior to recording where people are just truly behaving poorly towards each other for no reason other than just frustration with themselves or their current situations. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's not a free pass for bad behavior. Um, per personal evolution does not have to have a body count and, you know, that, that's, that's just different and important to look at differently. Man, that's a great line. Person well, I mean, and, doesn't and, have to have a body count. And of course, like there's, there's going to be, there's going to be things that are not perfect with, with any sort of, of true growth. But even some of the weird stuff that I witnessed this morning, just walking a block from my house outdoors, um, that's not personal evolution. You no. know, th that person is not going to reflect on that and be like, you know, when I hate drove my car and almost hurt someone and almost caused an accident at 9 a.m. on Thanksgiving, I grew from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, man, you know, I think that I think that we're at a really weird time for, for a lot of reasons. But this is actually one of the questions, you know, that I'm kind of tipping my hand here. But 
we threw out those questionnaires, you know, seeking ideas that people had about what we could talk about or just things that they're pondering or whatever. But one of the things that I got, and I'm kind of curious, and maybe this will be a perfect segue into that. Somebody asked me what the draw was between you and I, and for, (laughs) to clarify that very simply, um, it was just like, how did you find Wolf Brigade and, you know, what's the connection there? Well, for me, information at, at a high level was the draw. You know, Casey Bard had sent me, I, I'd seen him chaining with your mace. I'd seen him using the hang, hangman rope. And he had sent me some of your stuff before. We've talked about this. I, I just wasn't in that place to look at kettlebells and maces and say, hey, this is a great addition because I thought I had everything figured out much at the time when I wrote that article, you know, similar, similar state of mind. But I've learned more about us as people. I think we're both misunderstood. And I think for, we're kind of like a yin and yang in some ways. I would think that a lot of people would look at you as this dark or negative person, but you're an extremely positive guy, you know, because of the imagery and stuff that you have. Whereas a lot of people assume that I, I'm a super positive guy and have no bad days, you know, but it's really a misrepresentation of both because, yeah, you know, in the, in the conversations that we've had, I've covered the spectrum of anger, sadness, happiness, like pure joy with you from your end and on mine. I mean, we're human. And I think the thing that makes guys like us a difficult thing to put your finger on and even more so to really get your fingers into is that we, we change. Like I'm, I'm not necessarily different as a person, but where I'm at state of mind and focus and really attention can evolve 24 times in 24 hours. You know, it, it can just go over the gamut of things. And to like I posted in that post last night, sometimes it absolutely drives me crazy, but when it feels good and when it hits and when it connects, it's magic. Like, I'm excited for that, that I'm starting to understand and, and recognize that the good isn't going to be forever and the bad isn't either. But whereas you, I look, I look at you, you know, I'm wearing a tie dye shirt and you're probably wearing a black shirt, but at the same time you just made, I mean, I heard you laugh on here, you know, it just shows the progression of, of our relationship, but also you're a diverse individual that if you just look at the black shirt and the tattoos you missed the whole fucking thing, man. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it really, it, it's, it will never stop surprising me. Um, the brushes people will paint with, uh, without even bothering to look at the canvas. And, and I, I, I don't really need to even stick on that too much because it's, it's something that I just don't have any clarity on figuring out. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I agree with you. And, and in a lot of respects and in, in one respect, and I mean, if I'm self-deluded here, I hope someone will pipe up and tell me. But I think one of the reasons that people don't necessarily land on us the way they should uh, or the way they could, <clears throat> or at least the way that I would prefer, is just that we have been so consistent for so long. And of course, we evolve all the time. I believe I'm getting better at training people every single day of my life. Um, I'm getting better at certain aspects of movement every single day of my life. But philosophically and, and aesthetically and 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 things, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm improving at writing, I think, every day of my life. But but a lot of things, I've been the same since I was a very young boy. And I think in a way that creates a sense of alarm in people. It's almost yeah. like at this point, consistency 
uh, in mindset and consistency in presentation is a, is a detriment. It's, it's like a, it's like a negative or something. Yeah. And that's, that's really got me over a barrel right now too, because to me, I feel like we've, we've hunted progress at every turn as you are. And of course, that's going to, that's going to stir up some dust. That's going to light some dark corners that that we maybe didn't want to light. But if your foundation is built soundly, it's going to keep adding. It's not going to have to crumble that foundation again. And I I guess (laughs) something that will never really be clear to me is how someone can have a sound foundation that has been proven to help others, elicit a lot of progress and really be, really be positive and, and, bringing it back to that nice, that nice man that commented on our last, on our last talk, uh, dark, dark, but positive, how, how a firm foundation that, that endures the test of time could, could cast a negative light on, on someone. Um, that's, that's, uh, that, that's kind of one of those, that's one of those conundrums that I still do not have any chance of figuring out. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that that we will ever understand that. And, and, and really, I think one of the things that I've complimented you for is is really understanding you don't have to have a whole lot of people. You just have, have to have a few of the right people. And you keep continuing to find, and, and I do want to thank you publicly for the outreach that, that people within your community, within the Wolf Brigade community worldwide, were a part of the boot campaign. You know, they were getting up and working out, and they were doing they were sharing things and whatnot. So it wasn't just like, Hey man, me and Greg are friends. It's a, it's a really interesting thing to see how many of your people they're not, they're not surface level people. And that's what I'm saying is like, if you put your, if you put your name or your support to someone, your people pay attention to it because it's like, okay, if, if Greg sees something, maybe I should find something within this too. And I, <laughs> just repeatedly, man, repeatedly, it's- your people message, they, they support, they tag. And I know all that stuff is part of the, the, the game, so to say, but man, it's genuine and it's real. And I, I just think it's, it's really crazy to me that people are missing the boat in a lot of ways, not only with what you're doing, but there's so many great people out there that just aren't jumping up and down, you know, setting barbells on fire and all that kind of stuff, trying to get the look at me approach. It's like, you you don't care if somebody's looking at you because you're looking the other direction at, at new research, new ideas, new concepts. And you just keep talking to the people that keep showing up, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I, I don't think that yeah. you would be who you were if you, if you changed. And that's, and that's the, the paradox of it all. The purgatory really is that to be bigger than what you or I are, we have to do things that compromise who we are. And, that's a, that's a hard thing in this world and it doesn't make me better than it doesn't make, it doesn't make me egotistical or proud or whatever. It just makes me at a point where I don't want to be associated with garbage. <laughs> you know, I have been, and I yeah. have been, I, and, and I've really, and I'm sorry for rambling, but it, like it's taken me 10 years to get to a point where, people have have looked at my life and my trajectory and really started to see, okay, maybe this guy isn't just putting on, you know, and it, that's a hard thing to do, especially in this time. So I don't want to casually jump into the fray just because this will get more likes or this will get more views. I would rather show myself exactly as who I am for what I am and stand on that 
and have the right people show up. But to do the things that you and I talk about hoping to do and wanting to do, we do need more quality people paying attention. Well, one, it's it's not rambling because not a lot of people have the experience of saying, okay, I did some of the right things and some of the wrong things at a high level. And this is where it put me. I mean, that's, that's why, that's why I believe that's why people listen, you know, and yeah. just to run back to a couple of things that you said, I, I think with, with complimenting our people, that's well justified. The, pe- the people that really look at what we're doing and, and have gravitated towards it are incredible. I mean, they're, they're, you know, I can't, I can't remember a day when we haven't gotten a message that has pulled me out of a place that I haven't wanted to be. And, and I, I'm not saying that, uh, I'm not saying that for likes or, or, or I'm not saying that for a pat on the back. I'm saying that because that shows that those people at some level understand what we're going through. And of course they're not coordinating and they don't know that those messages come at the right time. Yeah. But the stuff that we're up, the, the stuff that we're up to is not, is not easy and it's not getting any easier but but I also I also want to touch on on the notion of of having to change in order to really grow to the potential level. I I may go down on my shield with this one, but I really just don't think so, man. I I I I, I do not think bending the knee to convention is gonna is gonna attract more people. I think it's just gonna attract it's gonna detract the good people. Sure. And, you know, when something is sincere and something isn't, people that are sincere and that have invested can tell. Yeah. And it, it's why I value our audience so much. And, and it's, also, it's also why I curate and cultivate what we, what we present so much. Um, I, I don't want to waste their time, but I also, I also don't want to do any dishonor to this thing that we've built in, the, in these really unique ways. I mean, we, we may end up never being as big as we possibly could if our entire image was whitewashed into something boring and, and really, really common. Right. Um, but, but I believe that the potential for growth and, and especially, especially in the current world climate, I mean, actual progress hunting in tangible ways that do not require tons and tons of money, do not require tons and tons of equipment, do not require any type of platform or or anything that people don't have access to already is going to become more and more valuable i i think i've been thinking about that an awful lot lately and i mean this 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 could go into this could go into training and stuff as well but the reality is i've also been seeing in in my opinion far too much guessing um and i say that because you know pretty pretty long into the into the process here you know, attrition doesn't offer the clarity or satisfaction uh, to me anymore that detail and dissection do. You know, so I I see people just kind of beating themselves into the ground thinking that it's going to exercise this demon that that is currently climbing around in our culture. And yeah, it might for a minute. but, But for me, once the water is deeper, the line between tired and better gets more and more important. It's really easy to make myself tired, but that doesn't, that doesn't do it. That doesn't do it anymore. You know, I, I, I still, of course I train and get tired, but the stuff, the stuff that's satisfying, the stuff that feels like I'm moving forward while my feet are stuck in the mud in a ton of other ways are detail, you know, detail assessment, dissecting performance, 
and then applying it to myself, proving it, and then applying it on others and improving them. Um, so, so it's, it, it's really the entire first couple minutes of this conversation have really just been a call to arms to people to move forward and to let themselves do it in ways that may not feel perfectly positive or that may not be conventional, but that are provable and sustainable because yeah. I mean, right now, man, a, a flash in the pan is like the most dangerous thing, you know? Yeah. Because, again, I can say this from my, my own perspective, but from many, pe- many people that I've been talking to, inconsistency right now is just, a, is just an open door for problems. Oh, for sure. When, when, when people don't have some sort of structure right now, all they're doing is just filling their minds and bodies with absolute garbage. And I don't know, I, I want to I try, try and circumvent that any possible ways we can and... and even prior to all this nonsense, we've, we've beaten that drum for a long time. We've, we give away, I still don't think people have any idea how much shit that we've given away. Like yeah. there, there are literally years of complete, excellent training programs on free sites that we have hun- hundreds of movement detail videos. Um, I mean, if, if someone wanted to learn an entire system of fitness that will, that will never let them down and improve them forever, it's at their fingertips through ours, through our sites for free. Um, and, and I think, and then this is, this will be the end of my rambling. I think that <laughs> one, one thing that the last seven months or so is, has more than that now at this point has taught me is I, I I've always looked at myself as a pretty patient person. Um, I think part of that is is just the fact that I'm extremely self-critical. So if I start judging something harshly, I immediately put that on myself. Um, and I don't know if that's positive, but it, it's helped it's helped me keep from judging a lot of people in unfair ways. But but what I've learned in the last six or seven months is is that you can learn and improve patience. And that may sound like a really stupid, obvious thing to people. But but for me, I just thought you had patience or you didn't. You were a patient person. You weren't. Um, right. And my, I feel my patience improving daily, weekly. And par- part of that is just understanding, I guess, maybe for the first time that that <laughs> that in a really bizarre way, we're all under the same heavy ass blanket right now. Yeah. And I can be a lot more patient with people when when I understand their situation a little bit better. And man, I think that's th- this 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 whole cycle of negativity that we're in right now has has helped me be a lot more patient with with a lot of stuff that um, that I that I maybe wasn't as patient with before. Um, and I I think that would be that would be an important lesson for people to think about is is what 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 can what can we improve on as far as our relation as far as our relations with others while many people's faces are covered and they're agitated everything in the world and they have less money and less time and their families are stressed out. If, if you, if you can remain kind hearted and gracious during those times, um, then, then that's proof that, that those are characteristics you own. Meanwhile, if the other occurs and you know, these life frustrations cause you to treat people poorly and act up at the grocery store and bark at people on the street, I don't know. I don't really know what that says. <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't bode well for you know, just looking at projections. Like if you can just paint scenarios, things look pretty bleak, you know, based on what you see. Like you said, you're outside for half an hour, one mile yeah. within your 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 home and yeah. all you see is negativity. I mean, it's it's 
that's one instance, but you can really get caught up in that. And man, I want to, I kind of want to keep on this, this topic right here, but I want to read something. I love reading your work. And actually I love, are you okay if I read something to you that you wrote? Man, of course I can't. (laughs) All right. But I ask that with respect, you know that, um, but I want you to kind of pontificate on this a little bit, but I also want people to hear it because this is one of those things. Like I think a person could look at it and be like, man, that's really hard if they're really soft. But to somebody like myself, when I read it, it's like, this is the, this is the reduction sauce that I talk about or the truth serum that you mentioned where it's just dwindled down to a finite point and perspective right now is the last time I would ever choose to slack or lapse in my training, diet, preparedness, or conditioning. The government is actively undermining health, liberty, and public safety at every turn. Groups are emergencies and militias against them, and also targeting each other. There are times so there are times to soften and sit back. This is my opinion, and is by no means one of them. The added challenges that above-average personal maintenance. <laughs> at the moment are mirrored and likely exceeded by this importance. There are things to chance to chance and others to force with force. I butchered that, but it's like, it's such a heavy thing, man, to, to read this. And it, it is a call to arms. And that's when you said that it brought me back to this. I see people, like you said, stepping back and eating fast food at every turn or, you know, Uber eats or whatever the next, you know, delivery service is over and over and over. People are bragging about, drinking more alcohol people are bragging about like sit on the couch for 10 hours today and did this and it's encouraged you know what i mean don't leave your home don't go out in the world don't get exercise don't breathe don't move don't do any of this stuff just reduce yourself reduce yourself reduce yourself and then here you are kind of at the the front line saying no this is where you stand this is where you get better this is where you put your stake in the ground and do the best that you can because more than ever, nobody knows what tomorrow holds. <laughs> I mean, one, you didn't butcher it anytime. <laughs> I've never, I don't really hear people read anything that I ever write. And so every time I hear it, especially from someone that I respect, it's an absolute trip. And it's like, it takes me a second to settle on it. Um, but that, that's been percolating for a while. I mean, the first couple, the first couple lines of that thing have been written for, for quite a while. And then, and then recently, I've started, I've started making a distinction between sharing things that I know are, are going to be helpful to the right ears. Um, if, if, even if they sound to others, like we're on some sort of moral high ground and a, a line that I think about a lot is, is the, the moral high ground ain't as high as it seems. And that that's a hundred percent where this is. And anyone that's, really delved into what we do or, or read about what we've, what we've needed to do to get there. Even, even our recent disclosure, the article that we have linked in our, in our stories lately um, knows that we're not on any sort of moral high ground and also knows that we're not on any sort of easy street where we can sit around and say, um, yeah, you should eat great and train a lot and nothing should be changing while the world is eating itself. We, we understand yeah. as well as anyone walking the earth that that is not an easy path. But we also understand as well as anyone walking the earth that that's the right path. Um, allowing, allowing yourself to sink to the level of those that are oppressing you 
um, just it just makes you complicit. It makes you part of the problem. And I, I think that's <clears throat> a lot of what we're seeing now that's a real struggle for people is, is their moral quandary is the fact that they're being told that those things that we're talking about are part of the problem. And right. that's, that's as someone that is, that has lived a life of, of mistrust of misguided authority. I can't even get my head straight on it. The, the, the idea that, that kind, respectful human interaction, um, physical activity, socialization are, are health deterrents is it's like saying it out loud. It, 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 it doesn't even, it doesn't even make any sense when I hear it come out of my mouth, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so <clears throat> it's not, it's not the moral high ground, but it's, it's what we've seen help people of all walks of life that you can possibly imagine. Um, at, you know, at every level of, of financial stability and instability, you know, the cops, the criminals, everything in between. And, if it if it hadn't worked on anyone but myself, I would never share it. That's not a game I play. Um, I mean, the stuff that we're doing is not a fucking game in any way anyway. Right. But the reality is, if I can only prove it on myself, then it isn't real. And and the reason that I'll share things like that, like that perspective that you read is, is that, man, I, I see it making like like literal life and death differences for people and to not share that, that would be irresponsible and to not share it because it's not the current party line and to not share it because it's going to create some acrimony with people who are living in fear right now. I mean, man, can we even worry about that? (laughs) Uh, Brother, I, I just don't, I just don't know how people, I do know how people, because I see it and, and it's, it's usually, because we're worn out, you know, it, it takes extra effort to get to a place where effort feels good. Um, <laughs> you, you know, those first few, those first few weeks for somebody that's trying to turn it around, they really, it, it can be difficult. It can be, it can be soul crushing to a level because it's like, man, I tried and I still failed, but well, man, and I, I hate to interrupt. I hate to interrupt because I like and know exactly where you're going but I, I want to circle quickly back to what I said just a couple minutes ago, which is for me in, in what is now deeper water, simple attrition or simple tired doesn't feel as satisfying or, or, or doesn't give me the clarity that that better or detailed does. Well, listen, that applies in shallow water too. I mean, people that are just getting started, I can almost say with 1000% certainty, they're more tired than they want to be. Uh, they're more fatigued muscularly than, than they want to be. And that creates an immediate insecurity. Well, when that starts to be the case, slow down, assess some details, make some, make some positional progress that will increase the efficiency and efficacy of what you're doing. And the snake just eats its tail and you'll continue to progress in both realms. And I mean, when, when we think about how to guide people that are brand new to fitness uh, and are brand new to actual structured training. It's both sides of that coin. You know, when people come in to our place with, with very little experience, they're not hazed with some like over the top nonsensical burpee party (laughs) taught how to move right until they move better. And then the load and demands are increased as their position demands. 
that's a really satisfying way for people to train. So for people who are in the exact situation you were just mentioning, and again, sorry to interrupt. No, it's great. It is, is just that if, if, if certain things are not feeling yet like they should or like you want them to, there are methods other than more of the same to get them there. And we're very, very good at helping with that. And we're always open to helping with that. And, and, and all the platforms that we built are, are built right around that foundation. You know, there's, there's, there's beginner, intermediate and expert iterations of everything that we do on all of these platforms. Um, this isn't a sales pitch for our platforms, but if you're struggling with something because the people that are training you or you trying to train yourself um, is just a giant piece of guesswork, well, then adjust that away and, and you'll make some progress. That's that's the other point of, of our connection, you know, to kind of wrap the full spectrum around that question too. Man, you know, I was working with Terrence. I was talking to you. You know, I'm, again, at a place where training is very exciting and creative and new. And the information that I found from you and from your coaches and, and just the stuff that you've put out, like you said, for years and years and years, that is Google clicks away. Um, one, I've never seen something like, and, and again, I don't want to sit there and make this sound like I'm just doing a sales pitch for you, but <laughs> this is, this is the truth. I mean, it's, it's there and I'll leave it at that. That is the, yeah. the continued draw is that I found information that was clear, concise to the point in a, in a delivery form that I like, which is direct and, you know, you can do it and you can become great at it or you can walk away from it and, and gain nothing. But I just very much appreciate the information and the value of the information. I've said it several times. I've told other coaches, you're one of the best coaches I've ever met um, as far as through, through the, the coaching programs that you put out and things like that and just seeing what you do. Um, I just think that more people need to pay attention to what you're doing. And I hope that those that do don't bastardize it. You know, that's the only thing that ever scares me about saying, Hey man, go check this out is that they'll take it and they'll misunderstand it or they'll try to make it something that is, that it isn't, you know? Well, well, and, and to be honest, of course, there's a lot of that. And, and over the years we've, we've gotten, a, we've gotten a lot of that. Um, we get a lot of, we get a lot of people that apply things partially and expect the full application result. And that's a really fascinating thing because I just don't really understand it. You know, if, if you, if I'm going to Pennsylvania um, and I stop in Buffalo, I shouldn't be complaining that I didn't end up in fucking Pennsylvania. And <laughs> right. I, I, I guess all that, all that really comes down to for me is, is patience and, I guess a little bit of trust and, and I, I understand that certain things are unusual and, and I will take this, I will take this opportunity to just say that we're not a kettlebell or mace program or a barbell program or a sandbag program. We, I, I'm an excellent mace instructor. I'm an excellent kettlebell instructor. And the reason that I'm good at that teaching with all those implements is that I work hard at teaching as well as I possibly can with each of those primary implements. Um, I'm just as good at teaching with a barbell as I am at teaching with a kettlebell. And, and we do that just as often. But the, the things that stand out for, for us and for many is the fact that we address the maces and kettlebells so differently. But, but the reason that that's able to happen is because of how we've combined the entire process. If, if, if we had not looked at barbells in a really thorough way, then we would not know how to properly accessorize them with kettlebells and maces. If we hadn't developed kettlebell training to a point where we were working people to their structural limits, 
and had to make positional adjustments in order to get them further, well, then we wouldn't be as good at lifting barbells or maces. So it's, you know, it, it really comes down to what kind of soup do you want to make? You know, it, it, it yeah. anyone, anyone that argues that you can make the best soup in the world with one ingredient just doesn't really care about making good soup. And, <laughs> and I guess, I guess for us, it, it, it comes down to that with, with people programming their own training too. And, and, and we, <laughs> we love, that people want to train. We love that people want to learn and experiment. We get a ton of questions. Um, a lot of them are ridiculous. We answer them anyway. And it really comes down to if, for me, <laughs> for me, if, if, if you, if you don't know what does what, what doesn't, um, how, I mean, how they should be combined, how they should be sequenced, you know, the details of how they should be executed, then, programming your own training is essentially guessing and right. there's there's a lot of value to experimentation there's a lot of value to playtime. um i mean a lot of the things that we learn that end up being the most valuable come from simply not thinking something would work and trying it um but but if 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 you don't know through proof and application on yourself and and having witnessed it on others then then you know you're you're kind of limiting your progress based on you know, guessing in a process that there is actually factual dots to connect. And especially at a time when so much is uncertain to me, and especially what I'm seeing here with our people um, in person is, is just that, man, they're really gravitating towards detail right now. We're watching, and I mentioned this to you yesterday, I watched one of the most attentive, organized, violent classes that I've seen in a long time yesterday. And yeah. I really think it's just the fact that people are, are really enjoying the fact that when everything else is a total mess, they can just laser sight in on something and it can improve them. Well, I think, you know, to go back to one of my favorite lines, you know, it's a Jocko line, but the discipline equals freedom or, you know, an antidote to chaos, the discipline factor that if I can control everything that I can control, a lot of times that, el that eliminates the ability to view or to stress or to think about things beyond what I can control. You know, if I stay so focused and intent on these improvements and these, these challenges for myself, um, you know, in regards to my training, I don't have to think about writing my program. I don't have to think about what's my wave progression or these kind of things. That's the value benefit that I can offer as a coach to an athlete that I have just really come into with Terrence and now you is understanding the value of not having to stress about what, what I'm doing next, because then it's kind of like, Holy shit, I could really mess this whole thing up where I've got somebody like you that's put out tons and tons of information. It's applicable. It's tested, it's vetted. And I can trust that. So that eliminates a whole entire stress spectrum that was really plaguing me for for a few years there until I've kind of got my way out of it. I mean, I think right now, if somebody can find a source, and I'm not just saying go to Wolf Brigade or go to Greg, but I think it's a great place. If somebody can find something like that, it's one less thing they have to think about. And I'm not saying to be mindless about it. Be very mindful of what you're doing, but just giving yourself some free space to not have to think or create in that area. Man, and that's that's exactly right. And and what I would say is is you're not paying less attention; you're paying more attention. But you're paying attention in a meticulous way to the how. Yeah. 
as opposed to having to focus intently and structure the what. And 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 really, the, the how, the how has to mirror the what. Or I mean, the sag in the line between them is going to keep either from being truly effective. Well, your actions have to match your wants, well, it's, or it's it, just man, it's just yeah. hopes and dreams at that point, right? All, all of it is saying the all of it is saying the exact same thing. You can have the best training program in the world with terrible mechanics and partial range. You're only going to get part of the results. You can you can have the absolute best kettlebell snatch in the world, but if what you're doing is nonsensical rep schemes not understanding movement patterns or energy systems or anything like that. You're only going to get part of the results. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a game of combining. Um, but, but you've got to look at who's driving people towards your similar goals. And you've got to look at, in my opinion, who they've landed that stuff on in the unconventional realms. You know, we've talked about the 99% versus the 1% with athletics often Um, the, the thoroughbred, you know, born with a six pack, no mobility issues, men and women, um, they're easy. You know, you point, you point them in a direction. It doesn't even have to be a perfect direction. They're going to improve. But you take the other side of the coin and you turn them into something phenomenal, then you know you're onto something. Then, then, yeah. then, you, know you, then you know you've really discovered and kind of cultivated something correctly. Um, and, I mean, that's always what I'm hunting for. And, and, I mean, a lot of that comes from an unconventional background where, you know, conventional jock stuff wasn't really my, my cup of tea or focus. Um, and I, I love training high level athletes. It's, it's really, really satisfying because it lets you turn some different dials, but what we do for a living. And and I think what we do as well as anyone in the world is turning amazing, normal people into absolutely brutal, like abnormal people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the goal, man is like, it's, it's very easy. And I don't say this disrespectfully, but it's very easy to take the soccer mom type or the archetype or the, the guy that, you know, is, is just relegated himself to the couch and ordered pizzas five nights a week. It's very easy to take those people and improve them, you know, but like you said, the, the same information or the same thought or idea or process that improves them, but also evolve it to where it is applicable repeatable and provable at the highest level and then working that system back down it's all the same approach because your mind is thinking progression it's thinking forward it's thinking details it's thinking movement technician you know all of these things that lead into the way that you view training as a whole and i don't think that most people like you said a program is just reps and sets on paper you know, if you, if you really just want to call it that, there's no way that a person can coach mechanics through just reps and sets on paper. There's no way that a person can, can coach, you know, actual measurable rest periods that you need or would be more, more prone to progress than 90 seconds in between sets. You know what I mean? There, there's ways to, to go deeper than that. There's ways to get your, your teeth into it and to really, like you said, be more mindful of it and allow someone who's done some of the thinking for you to teach you and to lead you rather than, you know, making some of the same mistakes that they made and just not getting half as far with the result. I mean, that to me is what's really been powerful in letting go of trying to write my own training. Well, and, and for, for myself, I think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of what my training has turned into 
is I have my foundations that I do and I do them all the time and I do them well. And then the remainder of my training and time is spent with either combining modalities in ways that I think are sneaky and extremely effective and then observing what the groups do in the previous weeks and seeing if I can make assessments and adjustments that would improve the next time we run it through, either whether it's a scheme of work, a scheme of rest, a scheme of holds. Uh, we do an awful lot of in, in movement holds that both prove position and build strength. And what I'm finding is that, is that man, the well is deeper and, and without getting, without getting training to a paralysis by analysis standpoint, man, we're making people stronger in true ways. And, and like you said this week, and I really liked it is we're just making people more dangerous in, 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 in honest, provable ways. And they don't even know it. Um, I had, I had a quick conversation with someone yesterday that that's been around the gym for quite a long time. I've uh, kind of dipped his toes in a little too often and jumped back out. Um, but is, is here again now and, 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 and dedicated and was commenting on, um, we were doing some grappling, um, last weekend and he was commenting on what, what looked to be the experience level of the participants. And, he was extremely shocked when I said, Hey, look, none of these people have really done any grappling. Um, we we've practiced, I've trained them with some things, but by no means are we a grappling gym. By no means do we have five day a week grappling classes, but the physical foundations, the movement patterns, uh, the martial mindset that we train strength and conditioning when they're pulled into those environments, they know how to relax. They know how to move their hips. They know how to shift their feet. You know, they have bilateral coordination, you know, yeah. and, and so so to a person, to a fight fan like this guy, he's watching essentially beginners grappling with people who are, you know, not not much more experienced than them. And then and then, you know, uh, I, I was the only person that had, had a little more experience um, in that group that day. It, it looks to them like they know exactly what they're doing. I, I think to me, that's one of the biggest victories is, is that the, is the transferability to things other than itself. Um, yeah. and, and man, I mean, like that's, that's how we constructed this whole thing. And, and as things get crazier and as people's time resources are both strained and also need to be optimized, getting more bang for your buck and covering more ground with, with every step you're taking it just, man, it just feels more important all the time. Well, you know, we, we took those questions and that was one of the things that we were going to talk about today, but what you just said tied into yeah. one perfectly. And I, I just want to jump to this because it's such a perfect point. Uh, there, this came from a lady and she's in her late twenties. She said that she had an, an abusive boyfriend and is really like it for the first time in her life take a proactive choice to her own safety. And she asked the question, if you guys could suggest some courses for being safe in the modern world as a female, what would they be? And exactly what you're talking about right there, I think is being a functional, and we talk about a generalist in the way that we train so that yeah. the things that you do in the gym lend themselves to yourself in those type of situations, which, you know, I'll speak for myself. I think that, Strength is important. Strength that I had prior as a power lifter would be irrelevant in many, many cases. If, if a fight went longer than two minutes, um, I would be in a world of hurt when I was 340 pounds. You know, I could at best hope to get my arms around you and just squeeze until you said, this isn't going to be good for either one of us. You know, that was, that yep. was my strength point. Yep. But in a modern world, man, 
Um, I guess if I were to answer that question first, and I, I really am interested to hear what you would have to say, I would say get somebody that is honest with you about your movement, movement patterns and movement correction through strength, um, you know, and conditioning work at some level. I would make sure that I could very, very comfortably go two to five miles at any given time under any given demands, whether that was walk, ruck, jog, run, you know, be able to test yourself at certain levels. But as far as curriculum, I think enrolling yourself in some kind of striking martial art as some, as well as some kind of um, defensive or grappling martial art. I think those, those two things would be a high on my list. Something to, to look at weaponry, definitely firearms courses. I think, as long as the second amendment, second amendment is in effect, I think that, and, and it always seems to be under attack. That's why I say that. But I think proper education, proper use and repetitive use, uh, in, in a controlled educated type setting is going to benefit you greatly, especially with stress induction, maybe getting to a course and shooting some three guns, you know, shotgun, assault rifle, and a, a pistol, different situations where you can find yourself getting more and more comfortable. The more you do something, the better you'll be with it. Lastly, I carried knives for a long time without knowing how to carry a knife for a long time. And what I mean by that is taken back to what we talked about with the guys that I work with in special forces. One of the things they loved about wrestling with me was the fact that I was not coming at them from a trained standpoint. I was coming at them wild and crazy. The thing is, I never won. You know what I mean? They were able to use my instincts or my poor instincts against me and make me tap over and over and over. Same thing is going to happen if yeah. somebody has a knife. If somebody comes at you or you have to, to draw a knife or a weapon of any sort, the chances of you getting hurt with it are very, very high if you don't know how to use it. So anything that you put on your body, whether it's mace, whether it's brass knuckles, whether it's a firearm, whether it's a knife, whether it's you know, a club have a reasonable understanding of how to use it, or it can be used against you. I, I, I mean, first of all, what a great question from her. And, and it's scary that that's a, that's a, the thought that a lot of people are having though, you know? Well, it, it, it's understandable and, and it, it's scary, but it's also not scary. It's really, it, it's, and when I say exciting, I don't mean romantic, exciting. I mean, exciting in the sense that it's really, really important. Um, and I, I agree with, with most of what you said for sure. And, and for, for us, based on, based on both experience and observation and also hearing from lots and lots of people, baseline physical strength is paramount. If, if, if you are an excellent technician and someone is just physically stronger or crazier or anything like that, unless you are way, way above them and have similar physical characteristics, you are still going to get squashed and you're still going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Phys physical durability, like real physical durability is, is paramount. It's, it's a, it's in, for me, it's the first step in the process. If we can make someone functionally strong in all movement patterns and energy systems, I'm confident in their ability to defend themselves at a base level. Um, that starts to expand when you start looking at composure recovery. What what can what what strange circumstances can you put yourself in and then immediately do something that could get you out of them? We do that all the time in training. It's one of the most valuable things we do. Um, 
being able to push the pace to a near red line for a very short amount of time and then understand what that feels like and then get back to the po- get back to the process is really really tough really really useful and really really unheralded not a lot of people that are not training for some sort of competitive fighting actually do that um they, they may push themselves to that red line but they're not thinking about what happens next they're not being forced to reel it in in three breaths and then perform a task um and and so from a physical side of things of course i i believe that's the i believe that's the foundation um we, we, we teach periodic self-defense courses and there are things that weigh really heavily on me and I take extremely seriously. T- teaching something like self-defense is, is very, very different than teaching a martial art. Um, uh, our friend Tony Blauer has been, has been, you know, pounding that drum for many, many, many years in some really excellent ways. And, and even, you know, he, he has been at the forefront of saying something that, that you had just said, um, which is that you can use people's natural instincts against them. Uh, certain natural instincts need to be harnessed and cultivated. But the reality is when it comes to self-defense, things need to be simple. They need to be, they need to be repeatable and they need to be practiced. Something complicated is not going to work in deep water. And and if it does work in deep water, I mean, like, yeah, if, if you get a if you get a 10 time Brazilian Jiu Jitsu world champion, that shit is going to hold up in a street fight. If, if you're if you're a new blue belt, unless you've been drilling your ass off with some real killers and something sketchy happens, you, you're probably still going to be a little bit behind the curve. So so then what it boils down to is not looking at it like a martial art, looking at it as self-defense. I think that's a huge distinction. It's it's a it's a very important distinction as well. It's it's so it's so important, and and it's also it's also something that I see when we train with a lot of the law enforcement that we that we train. Some of them are talented martial artists, but the strategies don't hold up when it comes to a, a little bit you know different iteration of a drill or, or or a little bit different physical a little bit different physical demand. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, there are others, just like you had mentioned, that don't have a ton of martial arts background, but that have done a lot of very, very directed drilling and strategy. And they're the last persons that you, they're they're the last people that you want to put your hands on. Um, When it, and this is, all of this could be, all of this could be dug way deeper into. But when it comes to the weapons side of things, um, yeah. I, I don't know if I can say loudly or clearly enough that I agree with what you said is don't carry shit around that you haven't trained with. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it seems especially important to, to remind people now that, that, you know, clearly new gun ownership is at an all time high. 7 million, I think is new gun owners this year. I mean, one, one thing that I've thought about, you know, and not really landed on how to make an appropriate joke in a post about is the fact that, um, while ammo is gone across the world, um, somehow dummy rounds and snap caps are still readily accessible everywhere. Yeah. And it, it, the reality is those types of drills get you a familiarity and a speed and a proficiency that, of course, doesn't translate directly to actually live shooting, but it gets pretty damn close and it is pretty damn important. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if you get in a pattern of drilling that stuff like you drill your fitness... I can tell you for actual fact that that it will improve right along with your fitness and one skill set will insulate the other. 
and of course the, the same goes for for things like carrying a knife or a blade and and, and I I I, <laughs> I cannot say with enough specificity and 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 clarity that every single moment you spend drilling with any external tool that you carry is valuable it will not work if you haven't practiced it when 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 things <laughs> When things are fast and things are scary, it's not it's not a decision that you can make then. Right. It has to be pre-made. And I, I I'm I'm not saying that from a soapbox. I'm saying that from feet on pavement experience. And 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 I would encourage anyone to make sure that they're practicing with the stuff they're carrying. And if they don't want to practice, then make a different decision. For sure. Well, let me tell you this. This happened. This happened to me yesterday. Um, well, it was when we were on the phone. Um, when we were on the phone yesterday talking, this guy. When I was talking to my son, you know, I said, "You see this guy coming? You see this guy coming?" He was literally cutting across traffic. He was at my tailgate and at my door, like my my son's side door, within a half a second. Okay. Yep. Now, because of the situation that I told you was going on in town yesterday and everything was a little bit crazy, I always carry a pistol on me. At this point, I had dropped the pistol down into a carrier in between my seat and the, the glove box. And had I had it where I normally would, my instinct when he came around was to grab towards my waist because I thought he was coming to my son's door. He, did, he, he looked like he had bad intentions. I'll, say, I'll put it that way. But he just kept on walking. But whenever he got there, my hand went to my hip. You know what I'm saying? And I knew where the gun was. I just put it down. But my instinct was back to where my training was yeah. at my hip. And the thing about it is, too, is that's the other thing that a lot of people make the mistake of is they'll change something up. And it's like, don't do that. If you rehearse something, if you go some about your, your day doing something and it's effective, do it that way every time. Don't change it. Don't leave it to chance because just like the guy that said, you know what? I carry one in the chamber, but I'm going to take it out just this one time. That's the time that that's the difference between life and death. You know, that's, that's a true thing. I mean, man, it's, it's all such heavy conversations, but you're just, you're also talking about just mitigating risk upon risk. Yeah. So, so the risk has presented itself at that point. The game is how do you excel and make sure that you're not on the bad end of that risk and standardizing your practice, making sure again, yeah, exactly like you said, making sure that what you need is where you need it. Even if it's just your physical skill set. you know, if, if, you know, we've all, we've all seen the funny videos online and probably some in person where people are getting ready to street fight each other. And as some false bravado, both hands are behind their backs and they end up getting knocked out by simply just having their hands in the stupidest possible position. Yeah. You know, if, if something real is about to happen, there's no romance to it. It's strategy at that point and fact. And, yeah. and you know, I, I'm not I'm not some special forces. I'm not some operator. I'm, I'm not trying to play one on TV. But one thing I know for sure is if you play games when someone else is not playing a game, you're definitely going to lose. And, 100%. and I mean, that's, that's, that is 10,000 times more important right now. Um, because, you know, we've, we've talked about, we've talked about this, this really new desperation that we're seeing in people and, and how just insanely sad that is and, and how, 
how much that's based um, in, in this current small business and entrepreneurial assassination that the government is putting on us. Yeah. And the fact that, that very, very stable people with decent jobs and small businesses and all this kind of stuff that six months ago had their entire life framework laid out um, are, are now in a totally different position at the worst time of the year going into inclement weather. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it is a it is a truly volatile situation that w- we want to help with in any way we possibly can, but at the same time have to be aware that there are others out there that are looking to do the exact opposite of that. Yeah, well, you know, I think uh, one of the, uh, to steal another line that you have, preparedness is not paranoia. You know, no, it somebody is somebody that is like, you know, just kind of got the wool over their eyes about things. Listen, I walk down my street. I walk down downtown and I feel relatively safe. Like I told you for, for all lack of, you know, having a visual just to describe this place, it's Mayberry. It's a place you would want to live. It's a place where people are friendly and kind, yep. but you know what? I see faces that I don't always recognize. I see people with, you know, different counties, license plates or out of state license plates more and more and more. I mean, this town is right off of I 75. It's a major, major national interstate had one of the biggest drug busts ever for heroin four miles from where I'm sitting right now, um, from Detroit. It was a, it was a Detroit distribution ring that was running right here in my town. Hmm. So we're not, we're not above it. You know, we're not beyond it. And the thing about it is it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't take an army of people. It takes one person with bad intentions on a bad day. And that's what's scary is like you said, um, these are not necessarily, bad people or, or as you use it yesterday they're desperados now you know because yeah. they're they're in a position where shit man i have the job or i have the business that i've started money's not coming in christmas is coming don't have enough food to eat these kind of things they start to present a real scenario and again don't want to make this dark and don't want to make this negative this is reality though and the yeah. fact about reality right now is we don't know if this is the reality tomorrow or for six months or forever. And maybe I think for me and and kind of my mindset is, is maybe this reality is a a little bit of, of a a dose of what we deserve for the things that we neglected before. Um, you know, and I hate to say that in a way where people are losing businesses or losing their lives, but man, we sure took a lot, lot for granted and exactly to double down on what you said before. Now is not the time to keep taking things for granted. Well, geez, I mean, it, it, it is heavy to say it like that. And, and it, it's, it's dark. Um, a point of light could be that anyone that's listening to this is clearly still seeking things out to improve themselves and want to improve others. And realistically, are, are, we, are we getting what we paid for? Well, in a way, we all are. I mean, we, we, we've allowed ourselves to become this digitally consumed, you know, trash compactor of people. And it, it, it's really just uh, it, it, we, we've become easier and easier to manipulate just based on the fact that the evidence was there that we were easier to manipulate. And and I'm not taking myself out of that equation there. I think I've avoided a lot of pitfalls that many have fallen into simply because I've been thinking, you know, in unconventional ways and had a mistrust for a lot of this stuff since I was a young boy. But I'm just as guilty of it as anyone else. I mean, I, I, I have conversations with some of my friends 
that kind of, I think, still laugh at me and I don't blame them that I, I, I really in my heart and mind did not think that they, that they quote unquote, they would ever let America get here. Right. Um, and, and now I'm realizing that, that even that perspective was a bit naive and, and because, because, well, here the fuck we are, you know? So, so, so yeah. my, my idea that eventually, you know, the, the great American experiment would reel itself in and, and level it out. I, I mean, I was clearly way off base there. Um, but I wasn't unprepared to be off base there. It's just what I actually thought. It was like my romantic notion was, okay, eventually, you know, when things gets, when things get crazy, um, America is going to rally together and protect us. There is no way that I thought that governmental infighting and, you know, sneaky digital cowardly insurgencies would start derailing everything that we're familiar with and, and enjoy about our culture. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I think the, the social media aspect is not something that we were necessarily prepared for on the, the level of how bad it could accelerate or how quickly it could accelerate negativity or bad things, you know, Dude, it, was fucking, it was a mat. It was mastermind. I mean, it, it, it is, it is a masterful stroke of evil genius. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish there was another way to look at it, but when, when you, even if you think about movies and stuff, you think, you think about, you know, a Lex Luthor caliber genius. <laughs> yeah. And, and that is in play here. You know, that this entire great country of, of, of largely intelligent forward thinking people has been brought to a halt by false rhetoric on TV, radio, and social media. Sure. I mean, brought to its knees. And, and that's, that's insanity, man. That's just, yeah. it's true and utter insanity. Well, especially like when, when you, when you really put it at that, at that kind of level where I was having the conversation with my brother, Americans by nature are fighters. Um, whether that's, that's right, wrong or, or whatever. The fact of the matter is since we've come into existence, we have fought for it. Um, and I think that we got to a point where, we didn't think we had to fight to keep it, you know, and whatever America is, I don't think that there's, I think there's something that's unique about the United States and that there isn't, it's a problem point for me in a way, but it's also the essence of the beauty of America is that we don't necessarily have a collective identity any longer. And I think that saddens me in some ways, but I also think that's the beauty of the freedom of the United States is that we don't have that collective idea. But if we don't have a collective, what are we left with? You know, and, and not saying that people can't have their individual ideas, but people have to understand that if I can have my individual ideas, you can have them as well. But when the, you know, the rubber meets the road, you can't just be ideas and, and lip service. You have to have action. You have to be somebody that's willing to stand up, pick up a shovel if dirt needs moved, pick up a wheelbarrow if rocks need moved. Whatever it is, this country has been built on a community level, a tribal type, you know, setting for people and positive, you know, I guess building, but fighting for something as, as a collective. Because very, very seldom is an individual going to be able to fight all of it and overcome so it's important to find the right people to find the right things to fight for and who to fight with man i mean it it, it 
my my view of it has has been and is still the fact that although I agree with you that America is no longer one big community and it hasn't been for a long time, I have always had this notion of like a a, a very, very baseline mutual respect in a way. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I respect what everyone else does on a personal or professional level. It doesn't mean that they respect what I do on a personal or professional level. It just simply means that we understand that where we are, it's important that we can all do that. Yeah. That that's gone now. That is a problem. Um, the, the fact that small numbers are dictating the futures of much, much larger numbers in, in sneaky and cowardly ways um, and I'm not just speaking about a lot of the stuff that we've been going through lately. I'm speaking about it on a much, much larger scale that that's, that's really the, that's really the problem is, is that if we're not at least in possession of some mutual respect of others ability to pursue the American experiment, there's no, there's no hope for it. Um, if everything fragments and everyone ends up just totally autonomous and ununited and fighting over who likes blue and who likes green to the level that people are right now. I mean, we, we have, we have to exist as if our communities and tribes are our only allies, because at that point, that's really where we are. Um, and, and I don't, I don't like that. I, I don't, I don't say that. I know, I know there are people that, that I respect and people that I like that have believed that for a long time. And, um, you know, I feel late to the party in, in some of those respects, but I've never really liked that idea. I've liked the fact that although someone may be very, very different from me, I can get along with them and have a great conversation and often glean something that I hadn't thought about or, or improve something that I've, that I've thought about before based on our conversation. Um, I mean, there are certain birds that just don't fly, but I've, I've, I've met and had conversations with people from every walk of life in the last, you know, however many years I've trained people and I've enjoyed the hell out of it. And, and the idea that now some of those things would be so contentious that you couldn't talk about or, or couldn't learn from each other from, man, I mean, it just, it paints kind of a bleak picture of, of, of what this thing looks like moving forward. Yeah. I, I just don't know, honestly, man. Like, again, I, I just want to, this is, the, this is a hard thing to say if somebody just bites into one piece of the conversation, but, you know, you say you return to the way things were. I don't necessarily think that that's good either. You know, I think if we go back to what we were, we dismiss what we should have learned through this experience. And I think that there has to be something different on the other side of this. There has to be. You know, because going going backwards or going back to a place where you just dismiss that, you know, the economy tanked just because a, a certain number of people decided so. I mean, I know things have been bad around the world, you know, as far as the coronavirus and all those things, but the economies haven't suffered to the level I've seen. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit misinformed, but what I looked it seems like this is a very Americanized problem. You know, the, the total devastation or the sweeping devastation that you're seeing is very Americanized because it seems like we're almost exacerbating it. Man, I, but to, to, to your other point, that, that's an excellent one. 
Yeah, it, you know, a quote that I, I wrote on my board and I read all the time is only a fool trips on what is behind him. Yep. And so you're 100 percent you're 100 percent right. If adjustments don't get made, we'll just end up eating our own tails again and we'll end up back here in 10 years, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and also to what you said, and, and it, it's, it's unpleasant to think about. Um, yeah, if, if, if the people that are paying the most attention don't make tangible change, then this, this new way too low cultural bar will end up being what stays. Um, and man, that's, that's, that's pretty, that's kind of shocking, kind of scary to think about. Um, definitely not something that I'm going to allow, uh, in, in any way, shape or form that I can help. And I, I think it's, you know, as much as this might be a little bit, a little bit too shiny for people to believe right now, I, I think this is going to be a great time for people to rise to the top and come out on the right side of history with this thing. If, if, if people are able to maintain integrity and dignity, you know, social dexterity, kindness throughout this thing and, and never have said anything that they're going to stumble back and regret that have, that have unnecessarily hurt or victimized or attacked people. I mean, that's, that's going to be a giant feather in their cap. And those are going to be the ones that, that the other thinkers are going to look to. There's a lot of people being reckless with their words right now that would not be reckless with their actions. And, and, and I also think that is a gigantic problem. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the false confidence of, of, of what you say versus what you do is, is, is something that I've also never understood. I mean, I've, for, for, for what I believe are well-founded reasons, I've said some very mean things about people. Uh, I always make sure that they know that I've said it. Yeah. And, um, I, I don't, I don't do that because I'm contentious. I do that because if I feel strongly about something or someone, I want them to know. Um, I think that's been lost in the shuffle here too. And I think that that's, that's at least as much of a problem as anything else. Yeah. Well, I think too, and I don't even mean, you know, just it's, it really seems like the, the PC culture has been around for a long time, but really it's intensified a lot lately. And I find that's why I really enjoy a lot of my, uh, I was talking to Scott Volkortsen about this. You know, I enjoy some of the feedback that I get from my friends in the UK or in Australia or Germany because they'll have really hard conversations and then and then you just move on from it and it's like, okay, that's that's what it takes to get to the the next step or the solution. And here we will we will prolong the result or we will we will hide behind the outcomes of things because we just won't face them. And I think that's a lot of what's gotten us here is we put our head in the sand about a lot of things, um, you know, things growing so quickly, money just coming and going, you know, the credit card circles, the debt circles, the banks lending to people that shouldn't get a loan, all, and all this stuff, it all goes hand in hand to this idea of entitlement. And I think that we're a generation now, and I, and I say as a collective from teenagers to, to elderly, we are a generation of people as a collective right now that certainly has in front of them a, a very straightforward reminder of how quickly things can change. And if we're not willing to change as quickly or seek to understand the change quickly and then adapt to that, what's left, 
I mean, what, what is left at that point? Well, I mean, a, 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 a philosophical conversation that has different viewpoints shouldn't be something that's relegated to a person from America and a person from Australia. Sure. And it, it's, it, it's funny that, that it's also funny that I agree with you and, and that I've had a lot more, um, I don't know, for lack of a better way of putting it, like civil disagreements with with people from other places, and m- many more uncivil disagreements with people from from here. Um, and either way is either way is fine with me. I, I say what I'm going to say, and I'm respectful about it, and, and that's the end of the story. And and man, I <laughs> I say this a lot, and, and I I think about it. I've been thinking about it this year in such significant ways. Man, hardcore hardcore was the was the blueprint. I mean, I feel I feel as fortunate for finding hardcore as a kid as I am for finding my perfect gym in California that led to everything that's going on now. I mean, you know, you would have you, when I was a kid, you would have bands that were, you know, thugs from New York City playing alongside skinny vegan bands from Detroit or Syracuse or or, you know, bands that were you know, a much more, you know, kind of emotional or, or something band playing alongside people that were literally going to, you know, prison for felonies when they got off tour. And th- there was just this mutual respect because the undercurrent was provoking change, sending a message, doing so in, in ways that were authentic and truthful. And, and that stuck with me forever. I think the only downside of that is it's, it's made me a little bit blind to how sneaky people are about their differences of opinion and how far they'll go to undermine others that are different than them. Um, that's a lesson I've learned the hard way this year and, and am definitely wearing the scars of. Um, it caught me by surprise because it just seems so absolutely fucking ridiculous to me. Um, dis- disagreeing with someone and not having either the guts or or intelligence or whatever to actually tangibly disagree in a conversation either in person or even digitally is is a large piece of how we've gotten where we are right now yeah um and and so you know again it's it's man i i'm i'm always so thankful for some of the stuff that that I, that i that i muddled through when i was growing up and and you know you know you often don't learn lessons until until they hit you over the head but I mean, I go back and listen to records I listen to and, and think about bands that played together and people that I know from from every ridiculous walk of life. And I would never have thought for one moment about judging those people based on stumbles that they've had in the past. You know? Yeah. Well, that's um, part. I mean, I think when you're around people that, you know, I've been around a, a wide checkered people, you know, a wide group of checkered people and checkered pasts and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think what's cool, and, and I'll just talk about it like from from an aspect of like, you know, motorcycle culture. When I used to ride a lot and things like that, you see these guys and you hear their stories, but you look at them and they're kind of like the grandfather now. You know, they're they're still hanging around the bars or they're still having the beers, but they're settled down. And what they're doing there is they're kind of the shoulder for some of these guys that are going through the same shit to be there and to evolve and change. And it's like, maybe that's the best we can do is maybe we can just fuck it all up for a while. And then maybe have the epiphany <laughs> that, that, that change is, is, is possible and worth it. But it's, it's so funny how this conversation has transpired and kind of like navigated 
because that leads right into another question of what we're talking about a little bit as, as who you've been, the things you identify with. And, um, I want to just ask you and I'll, I'll answer too, but I'll, I want you to answer first is how do I take steps? This is from a young man. He said he's in his mid twenties. How do I take steps towards becoming more of my true self? The person that I know that I am, that I've always wanted to be when being that thing would undo everything that my world currently is. Oof. man. <laughs> so here I am over here thinking that some of the questions that I got uh, that I'm about to share, we're going to be the toughest ones. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for them. <laughs> I mean, I mean, one, that's a really insightful question and it's a great question Two, I mean, <laughs> not to oversimplify, but at some point you either got to jump in the pool or you got to jump out, you know, yeah. um, you either got to put both legs in your pants or, or, or take them out. Don't walk around with one leg in your fucking pants, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's not a dismissive, that's not a dismissive answer from me in any way, shape or form. But if, if, if what you're doing feels like it's uh, thrown in the face of what you want or what you feel you could become, um, I mean, without taking this into like some Batman Begins shit, like you just got to start the walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, well, you, you can sit still for just so long and then all of a sudden all you've ever done is sit still. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I felt, the, the last line of that was really what kind of hit me when being that would undo everything that my world currently is. Truly. To me, to me that sounds like, and I don't mean this again in a disrespectful, dismissive way. And I think that there has to be some understanding that when you or I or anybody would answer these type of questions, it, it's on the fly. You know, it's not something I've sat down and really tried to dissect and, and give you this, this perfect answer for. But what I would say, if everything that your world is, is completely counter to who you are, then you're imprisoned, you know, by, by your own inability to flex and say, this is who I am and well, stand up for that. And maybe as hard as it might be, the hardest thing that you could do is exactly what you need to do. Yet yeah, I'm going to let that last point set for a second. Absolutely. Absolutely. The truth. And I, I will come to the defense of the question in, in the sense of the, the, the paint by numbers picture that sounds like it's been constructed there could have been based on parental pressure. It could have been based on youthful financial indiscretion. It could have been based on just not knowing yourself all that well yet. But the nice thing is through that process of evolution, something has, has cleared up. Some clouds have parted. So wh while it's definitely heavy to think about a paradigm shift that is, that is going to derail some of the current stuff, Man, you think about never making it and 25 years later looking back and being like, oh, I wanted to be a marine biologist and instead I'm a neurosurgeon. You know, you, you <laughs> that, or that might I, be the, that might be a bigger hell, honestly, because you should be happy or I mean, I, I shouldn't say should, but like you have the capacity to, to pay every bill that you could ever have. You're successful and, and regarded probably by your peers as, as successful, but it's the same amount of work to get to a totally different place than you wanted to be. And, and, and honestly, the reason that I threw those two ridiculous examples out is exactly that. Mo most of the time when people, when people feel the need 
you know, for this <laughs> existential shift or this, 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 this paradigm shift, it, it isn't to the thing that's going to make them more money or more conventionally successful, you know? So it, it, it's, it's often a really tough pill to swallow. And, and I've said this before too, but right up until it isn't. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's just impressive to me that so many people in, in one way, shape or form, they ask this question, you know, they, they are seeking to be more of themselves. And what do you think is the limiting factor for a lot of people? Do you think it's parental upbringing? Do you think it's societal pressures from their childhood? I mean, I, I think that everybody goes through a little bit of that. Like it, it takes a clear cut point, whether you're 12 years old, you know, and you're going to a punk rock show or, you know, you're 15 years old and you're, you're sneaking out to kiss the girl or whatever it is at those points, it's like a clear cut decision of defiance you know, from yeah. what, from what yeah. you've been told. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I think, I think it's a few things. I think of course, everybody is susceptible to pressure when they're young and the age at which the age at which you stop being as susceptible to pressure is going to be a lot different for everybody. And based on the stuff that they get into, you know, yeah. um, if, if you're never put to the fire, you may never know what that feels like until you've graduated college and you end up being mistreated in a job. You know, um, I mean, for someone like me, it was a lot earlier than that because I chose some different paths and, and most of the people around me didn't like those paths. Um, but I, I think that the, the, the limiting factors that, that I hear and see from people are, are one per, per perception or often misperception of difficulty. Um, and and of course, the, the, the simplest, the simplest, lowest hanging fruit is 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 fear of failure, fear of struggle, you know. Um, a a lot of times people lose their patience with defiance because it, it, it very seldom, if ever feels easier. So if, if, if what people crave is comfort and ease, uh, the idea of shifting something that, that they know into something that they don't, or shifting something that's a little less comfortable from something that is, is not going to be an appealing path. And that's where that's where the conviction of what you think you can become and the conviction of, of what you want to become has to has to take has to take the driver's seat. Um, if, if you if you listen to the passenger forever, man, you're just going to always end up the passenger, you know, <laughs> that's a good point, man. That's uh, it's so true. And it, it's like you can you can very innocently find yourself in that situation, you know, where sure. you're, you're just you're just going along and life isn't that hard. And man, sometimes that feels good. But then, like you said, you're, you're at a position where you wake up one day and it's kind of like the narrator effect in fight club. He had all the things that he should have had according to Ikea, uh, <laughs> you know, Volkswagen or whoever it was. Of course. And then all of a sudden he has this, uh, you know, this, the, the mental break with, with finding out who he is. And then reality is it's somewhere in the middle. You know, it, it took probably falling off the edge a couple times um, yeah. to, to figure out that, wait a minute, that looks really cool, but it, it's to my detriment, you know? Yeah, it, it looks it looks cool on the outside, you know, and, and I mean, we've we've talked about we've talked about that in, in a, a handful of frameworks, too. It, it's really easy to paint the picture um, uh, 
but it's it's much more difficult to make it 3D. And yeah. you know, it's 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 it it's just it's really an age old dichotomy. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> there, there's no simple single answer to it. But if it if it feels easiest, it is very unlikely that it's also going to be the most satisfying. Yeah, um, that's such a shitty, stupid answer, but it's really the truth. No, it, sometimes you know it, it wasn't shitty, but it was like sometimes those answers that are like you can you can tweet them. They're the they're the real thing. That's just all it is. Like that's that's yeah, the actuality that's, of it. You know, it's true. Maybe maybe they know better than all of us. All it takes to <laughs> all, all it takes to con- convey a sensible, complete message is 140 characters. That's it. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay. Well, well. Okay. So I've got one question here. All right. Um, and and it's a simple one, but it's not a simple one. And it's just um, speak to the dichotomy of strength and humility. And I, I, I'm sure there are people who would interpret that question a little bit differently, but, but to me, I see it as someone that has achieved physical, financial, you know, emotional strength, remaining humble enough to be able to accurately share those earned perspectives with others without coming across like a know-it-all berating dick. Yeah. And something I've seen a lot of on the internet lately is people that have achieved some level of, of success and even some excellent levels of success um, coming down really, really hard on those that are still struggling on their way to those to those platforms. And I understand that not everything is simple and I understand that not everything that's going to lead you to your best self is a, is a cheerleading session. Um, but at any point, if if your success uh, makes you want to cast aspersions onto others, I don't think it matters how you look or how many millions of dollars you have. You're just a fucking prick. Yeah. And so, so to me, the the dichotomy of strength and humility is the fact that I've I've trained with, been very fortunate to train with some of the strongest people in the world, some of the finest martial artists in the world, and. Um, of that very long list, maybe only one or two are just absolute standout assholes. And it immediately took my respect for their talents and capacities from 110% because I appreciate that stuff to a crazy degree to literally zero because I do not care what you can do if you're a terrible person. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a perfect way to put it. And I wanted to read something to you here um, that I've found to be very telling, and it's perfect to this. Um, Classic McQueen shared this. He shares a lot of great stuff. But it's uh, this is a caption from uh, Dacey and Ronan. The idea of the sword existing to give you power over other people should be deeply unsatisfying. To cut people down, to triumph over them, and to display the limits of oneself is merely vanity. To conquer yourself, to make life submit to you, to cause people to live to, re- to live rather than to die. The way of the sword should not be used merely for your own perfection, but as a source of strength for governing every aspect of your life, with the aim being the betterment of all those around you. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I, what, else, what else does anyone need to say about that? <laughs> and, that's, and that's really what it is. Uh, strong people pick people up. They don't tear people down. And that's, and that's really where I would put it. 
Um, even if somebody is, is maybe like you said, accomplished and fits the model of strong person or strength athlete or martial artist, if they don't have the capacity to understand that there are people less than them and that's part of the equation and that doesn't belittle that person, it doesn't undermine that person, it actually encourages the strong person to lead them forward. That to me is real strength when it's all encompassing. It's not just one measurable thing of I can lift this much weight or I can kick this high or I have this many belts. It's the fact of the matter that they will help those in any capacity that they can through any means that they can. That to me is real strength. That, yeah, yeah, that that's right. I mean, man, I think that's an excellent that's an excellent series of answers to that question. Th- thank you, uh, thank you to our to our audience for that excellent question. Um, yeah, you, you the, the got next, another one. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you got another one. That's what. I oh man, yeah, I got a co- I got a couple of them, and and okay. a couple of them are, are at least somewhat in line. So it'll be fun to do them kind of in a row. Um, the the next one is is maintaining discipline and focus with the uncertainty, financial, societal, etc., surrounding us. Um, I mean, we've 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 retroactively gone over that for the last hour really yeah um but i guess really the only thing that i want to reiterate and also add is trimming the fat for me is is the most important thing to maintaining progress in a in a bigger picture so so when when we talk about training um we often refer to it as a global linear progression so if 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 something is stuck and we're doing things correctly, something else is always moving forward um, in the face of it, and that really comes down to having a, a a specific framework and kind of a specific physical protocol and, and curriculum to work on. Therefore, if something sticks, we can immediately move to something else with detail and forward in it. So. From a training context, I believe that's really important is, is, is trimming the fat, tightening up the details, and, and really getting married to the process of the fact that there is no such thing as positional evolution that does not lead to overall physical evolution. Um, if, if you're as strong as you think you can be that day, there is a tick on the dial to find that can make you stronger. I fucking guarantee it. And when it comes to other things, financial, financial and societal and things like that, I'm by no means as 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 qualified to to speak on that stuff, but I I do also know that hyper focus on one area that you are making progress in really does lead to clarity in some of those other areas. And for me, when I when I get in trouble is when they start all muddling together. Yeah. Is 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 if I start saying, oh, you know, I'm not training as well as I want to. My arm hurts. Um, I don't have any money. People have stolen a bunch of stuff from me this year and society's a mess and people are trying to fight me in the streets. Well, yeah, um, that's a stacked deck. Um, but but when I hyper-focus on one element of that and make sure that it's dialed in, man, it really it really does make all the other stuff at least a little bit more digestible. I think for me, you know, I go back to the idea of discipline equals freedom. Make your bed. If you're supposed to drink a gallon of water, drink a gallon of water. Um, Those little victories. That's really what the plus one mindset that I talk about is. Um, 
you know, it's not looking at the problem. It's looking at the pieces of the problem and how can I solve this piece and how can I solve this piece? And I have to, I do really well when I micromanage because it intensifies my focus. And then it's almost like a reverb effect for the next few days when I'm not so intensely focused on that particular thing, I'm still focused on the things that are in front of me. So I try to stack things for myself. Like I said, I, I buy into that, that silly little idea that making your bed is the first victory of your day. I think it's very important. Not only that, because it's nice to, to, to walk out of a clean room or a sorted room, but also to, to walk back into it. You know, yep. um, leave things better than you found them. Leave people better than you found them. Uh, the idea of going out and just making someone's day, offering kindness when you haven't received any, giving when you only need to be given to. Uh, continue those things, and, and I feel like the more that you can control, the more that you can dictate your daily walk as far as this is my mindset going forward. I'm not going to let anything shake me. I'm not going to let anything rattle me. I'm going to commit to this idea that I can control these things and write them down and then do that for a couple of days. And when you can prove to yourself that you can own those handful of things add a sixth one or add a seventh one and slowly start building your life up, don't, and it's like I tell a new per, a new client, you know, I'm not going to give you the diet, the supplement plan and the training plan all at once. Walk every single day, 30 minutes straight for five days, report back how that feels. We'll add something next week and we'll add something next week and we'll add something next week. All of this stuff builds, you know, you can't construct a, a skyscraper from the top down. You have to build from the bottom up. And if you are in a place where you have no discipline, create discipline that is right in front of your face, make your bed, start there. It, 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 I mean, it, it's true. There's nothing else needs to be said about that either. That this, the simple things lead to all things. Um, and, and I mean, to, 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 to answer that question is, is the main, the maintenance of discipline is far easier after the start of discipline. And I mean, there's, there's no, there's no limit to things that we can standardize in our lives if we actually want and need to do that. You know, here's the thing It's something that I, I kind of wanted to, to share to um, Marty McFly. I don't know if you're a big Marty McFly fan, but he said something that really stuck out to me. And he said, wait, you don't understand. If you don't play, there's no music. If there's no music, they don't dance. And if they don't dance, they don't kiss and fall in love. And I'm history. And that's the thing is that you've got to look at what that insignificant little action or that insignificant inaction what the ripple effect of that is. Don't just look at, don't just look at that moment. I mean, th this is a very, very dwindled down thing for Marty McFly to be talking about playing a song, but without that song, he doesn't exist, you know? And I, I don't think there's anything dwindled down about it. That, that is some, that is some high level stuff and something I think about all the time. I mean, I, I, I don't think about it in the framework of that quote, but I, I think about how impactful small things that most would have overlooked or forgotten have been on me. And I, and I act accordingly because I understand how valuable and, and impressionable they can be on others. Sure. I, I think that's, I think once you kind of get that moment where you understand that to be true, your decision-making becomes a little different and your action becomes a lot different. Um, at least for me, it has, you know, understanding the weight of, you know, it's, there's, there's a, there might be a 
reward to this decision, but weigh the risk before you take the reward. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And in, ter in terms of both others and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's a great, all these questions are, all these questions are great. Uh, um, there, there's a, there's a few more, there's one training one. Do we want to do any of that today or do we want to do that another day? Let's do training specific uh, Q and a, I think, cause this has been just really organic as far as us talking. And I think I got a couple more questions in that line too. And then so, I think uh, we're we're two hours in, bro. Yeah, crap, man. Holy <laughs> cow! All right, man. I you know it's I don't even understand it. I think I think uh, this is the only time warp that I feel when I when I when I sit on the on the computer with you. Um, well, man, can I can I give you a compliment? Honestly, like I've just I've really really noticed. Um, I, I don't want to diminish the other podcast, but man, we've we found a rhythm where we're we're just we're just talking here. You know, there's. This one's really good. I, I really have appreciated this convo quite a bit. I, I think I, I think a lot of it has to do with how much we've both been thinking. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I I know we're both also action people, but but man, I've been really trying to figure as much out as I possibly can because there's no way I'm going to let people go down not swinging with this thing. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. So it's 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 been feeling extra important, but I I, I appreciate that. Well, yeah. so. Then, so then I'll ask you this. If you, do you want to run those other couple of questions? The last thing I, the last thing on the question front and maybe a good bigger one um, to, to close with and then we can finish up however we'd like is is the longer one that I sent you from my friend here. Um, yep. do, do you want to do you want to do that one now or do you want to do the ones you have and then we'll let's, do this? Let's do that one because these these could be wrapped into training models too. the All other right. ones that I have. So, yeah, let's go with the longer one, man. So I'm going to read it if you don't mind, please. Um I saw I saw that you're doing another podcast with Brandon and asked for some topics and questions. Based on your post and description, it couldn't have come at a better time. I don't have many people to talk to about stuff like this. The past few months have been really rough for me mentally. I'm sure I'm not alone, uh, although lately I feel I am. I struggle with anxiety disorder and have not been on medication for 10 years and do not want to be. In my job and at home, I'm the leader, the one that runs at problems, stays calm and collected and solves those problems while sheltering the people that depend on me. Lately, what is going on in the world? I have such a heavy heart and feel so uncertain for the future and my son, which really leads and add, which really, which really adds a whole other level and leads me down another road I am smart enough to know that I cannot change the world, but I also feel helpless. And my question is this, what are others doing? How are others dealing with the division and seeing friends and family turn on one another, unwilling to accept one another for different views, unwilling to come to the table and respectfully talk? How are others dealing with being called a communist or a Nazi or a dissenter just because you may not be somewhere in the middle or not partaking at all? I feel like I am in the middle of two freight trains on a collision course. I don't want to be on either train, but still feel like I am on the tracks. Um, I mean, one, there's just some there's just some absolute high level dysfunction in the fact that someone that I consider a good friend and a highly intelligent person needs to write that. Yeah. Um, 
that that's my 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 big my big overarching response to that is what the fuck. Um, my my second response is is in a lot of ways I feel uh, unqualified to to deal with that because I am, <laughs> although I do care for people and I have people that are very close to me. There's a certain family dynamic there that weighs so heavily on me, but I can only think about it from a from a, a remote perspective. It's not my world, you know. Yeah. Um. As as far as as far as the idea of people being unwilling to respectfully communicate, we've also talked about that during this time, and I don't have I don't have a response to that. I don't understand it, and I never will. If someone feels firm in their convictions and cannot defend them in conversation, then they are not convictions and they are not firm. And I, I guess I'll, I'll defer to you on, on some of the family stuff. Um, I, I think simply reading that, whether we answer it in its completion or not, is important because I, I do think that there are a ton of other people that are feeling exactly like that. Um, and, and that some of these weird platforms that we're working on and creating uh, both autonomously and together are, are are important. I know they're important for me. Sure. Well, the first thing that I, I feel when I hear that is I, I see that form of question starting to trickle in more and more. It's been happening in, in ways, I guess, for the last couple of years. You know, people observe someone who is open about wanting to do better, wanting to live a little differently. You're going to naturally attract some types of those questions and statements, but they seem to have turned a little bit more in the direction of that one. Whereas he self-defines himself, um, as a leader and as, uh, the, the director of the household and that kind of thing. And there's still this point where you can't lead yourself, you know, and I feel that sometimes yeah. I feel like, yeah. I feel like I can get people wherever they want to go. If they need a contact to, to reach out to at a high level, um, you know, whatever the, whatever the field of, of expertise is, I can get there in one or two phone calls. If somebody needs a, a job within the strength and conditioning community, I have an endless network of people that I can call. Somebody will take that call. Yeah. Um, I know how to solve a lot of people's problems and I'm very much proud of that. I'm very grateful that I am. But what I leave myself with a lot of times is the feeling that I can't solve my own. I can't <laughs> figure out what makes me so mistranslated or misunderstood that I can be emotionally charged about something that I am educated on and passionate about. And I can literally be just please look at this, please understand what I'm saying. And it's like, I'm speaking a totally foreign language. Um, and I, and I, I kind of say that for the political situation that we've had, I've got conversations with people in my family that have led to explosive arguments, um, hurt feelings, tears, those kind of things. And I have to remember that no matter what I'm feeling in, in, in those situations, um, my scale of hurt, hardship, trauma is much, much deeper than that conversation. And the people that I'm looking at don't have the capacity or the depth of those perspectives to handle a political conversation in a rational way. 
they're emotionally charged because they have nothing else to cling to. They're anxious because they have nothing else to cling to. They continue and perpetuate this narrative and this storyline in their mind. And I'm talking both ends of the spectrum, red and blue. I've argued with both. Yep. Um, yep. There's, there's, a, there's an oddity that I'm seeing right now in the world is that the finger pointers and the blamers of those that were the victims have somewhat become the victims are the ones that are finger pointing and blaming and how the finger pointers and the blamers are the victims. Um, however you want to take that, it just seems like there's a whole lot of whining and crying about shit that nobody can understands or can fix anyway. So <laughs> if, if it was, if it were to me to be talking to this person directly and I feel like I am, but I feel like I'm also talking to a lot of people, um, I would write down my anxieties. I would write down the things that really give me pause, the things that give me, because I can do that too. You know, after my conversation with Scott Volkwartz and I got fired up about the second amendment, I have my beliefs. I'm willing to have hard conversations about changes or amendments to the, to the second amendment or, or things like that. I'm willing to hear them. It doesn't mean that I necessarily jump on them and agree, but I'm willing to hear them. So can I change that? Probably not. So is it something that I'm going to spend a lot of time in? No. So I move that down my list and I start working my way towards yeah. this accomplishable list. Um, kind of like I said, just cut out what you can accomplish, cut out what you can handle <laughs> and start working your way through it and remove the anxiety of the things that you can fix. And then that way, again, I think while you're busy working, while you're big, busy finding those solutions, the things that are stressing you out at an existential, maybe national level or larger scale level will either pan themselves out or will give themselves cause to be put to the forefront where you're going to meet it with a certain action that we've talked about preparing for as well. You know, I think whatever that is, if it's heated conversation in, in the workplace, being able to have command of information and yourself being able to, to step back from the conversation and not yell, not show emotion, but just speak factually and intelligently. That to me is dangerous right now because you're going to face a lot of people who can't. Well, we will, Go ahead. It's, it's dangerous, but it's also dangerous in a really, really good way. You know, oh, it's, I, mean, it's, I mean, dangerous is a positive one. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. So and, and the, the idea, the idea that you hit of of completable tasks is also so important too. There, there's there's a there's a satisfaction in, in knowing what you can accomplish and knowing what you can't um, and, and, and working hard on the things that on the boxes you can actually check. <clears throat> and all, all those seem like such simple answers, but when things are so overwhelming, it's really easy to forget that stuff. It is. And I think that a lot of people it's, and this is not me directly answering to him, but it's me talking to myself. I can remove myself from a lot of productivity by sitting down and pontificating. You know what I mean? I can sit down and, and imagine these scenarios unfolding and what's next and what's next and what's next and really pause myself from doing anything of any value for myself or anyone else. So <laughs> find yourself in those moments where you're like, I have to catch myself when the, you know, the thoughts start kind of circling the drain. Yep. It, it's important yep. to think about things. It's important. To, like you talked about, <laughs> think about these things deeply understand them at a level of, of education, you know, research these things out before you just share something at face value, read the article, you know, get an understanding of what that headline actually means, or if it's just bogus clickbait shit, like 
don't let yourself see the top level. You know, that's the low hanging fruit. That's the thing trying to get you in the door. That's the thing that's trying to get you to go on Amazon and buy something that you don't need or that you got 10 of already. It's the the advertisement that's trying to get you to buy something that's just going to be mindless and useless and, and senseless in a lot of ways. Um, it's going to force you to drink. It's going to up your drug intake, whatever it is. There's very, very, we, we see that we see that path happen very often. You know, it's a spiraling effect. So, I let myself think about, fuck yeah, man, it's, it's everywhere. So I welcome those thoughts, but it's like, okay, have I done enough to qualify the time I'm giving to this on things that really matter and that I can control? So I I kind of reserve those thoughts for at night and I, and I I tend to write better at night. I tend to think a little better at night. Um, and it's also, I guess it's, it's nice to go to bed creative. And a lot of times, even if it's heavy, dark shit, I'd rather go to bed with that in my head feeling like I'm solving something than going to bed, you know, eating a Domino's pizza watching Netflix. Now that <laughs> happens, but I would much rather have the other it, it, as heavy and as painful as it is sometimes I'm better for it. Well, I, I, I agree with that too. And, and I, I'm susceptible to that, to that rabbit hole, um, of, of thinking too much about the what ifs of the what's next. Um, and, one thing I'm learning about myself and I've learned, I've learned the hard way over a long period of time is, is at some point you do also have to know where your off button is. Yeah. And for me, it's been relatively recent and you know, what it really boils down to for me is, is whether it's something that I've watched or listened to a thousand times, if there's a familiarity and a comfort level to it and, and my batteries are empty, my tanks are down, at some point you just have to unplug and you just have to, you know, and, and it, it's, it's tough because right now anyone who's hard charging, anyone that's forward thinking for sure, anyone that's taking care of others or, or really, really over caring about others. And, and, and I know both of us are in that category. And so is, so is um, my friend that wrote this, this question that we're addressing, you know, at some point you become more of a detriment than an asset if you don't at least unplug and collect yourself. And, and for, for me, that's really as simple as like, there's a handful of movies that I like that I can watch a million times and, and they always at least find something in me. And I've been highly unentertainable for the last six or seven months. Nothing keeps my interest. And I, I started realizing that, that that was in and of itself its own problem. I could not sit and relax for a period of time. Brother, that is one place I have been too because I drive a lot. My drives have been rough because it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm on I'm on Kevin Gates who's rapping, and then I'm on a bluegrass song, and then I'm on a funk and jazz, and it's like (laughs) they all satisfy something, but I never find that vein, you know. at this point, we're, we're at this point we're talking weird little stuff, but to me, a few simple things have been. Um, I, I, in, in the gym, even we play, we play whole records and we play them consecutively. So there's no interruptions. Um, but there's no mixtapes right now. There's no mixtapes in my house. It, 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 it's things that are cohesive and have a feeling and a thought process behind them. And, you know, even, even little stuff like, like I will no longer even look at my phone until I am upright off my bed 
And what I was finding is that I would look up, I would look at things that were sent to me over overnight or emails that I that I'd not looked at the night before or something like that. And before I had even gotten myself vertical, I was discouraged and upset and frustrated and stressed out. Man. And yes. for, for me, it's like, it, it's such an ultra simple thing, but even when my two feet are on the ground, when I process that stuff, it works better. And you know, I had, I've relegated myself to, to a very specific less amount of Instagram. Instagram is the only social media that I goof around with. Um, and even that has been helpful. You, you feel, you feel these layers of unintentional addiction kind of peel off when you start making sure that you're keeping them in their appropriate place. And those couple of simple, weird things have been, have been really important for me. And I guess the last thing, the last thing that I can really contribute to, to this answer is, is, um, while I, while I can't relate to some of that stuff on a family level, man, I, I take, I take so seriously the people that we train, I, 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 both, both here in person and remotely. And something else I know about myself is that I do not pretend well. I, 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 I wish I was better at it in a lot of ways. Um, but when I'm upset or things are challenging, I can maintain my composure and do a great job in the face of, of, quite literally any type of dysfunction, but people know it. Um, and I, th- I think that it's important for them to see that while I am weathering a storm, it is not impacting what they're getting from me. Um, th- their training is the same. Their details are the same. My patience with their process is the same. And that makes me feel better about, about what I'm struggling with, you know, um, Struggling, struggling and let it sink you is different than struggling and, and maintaining the best elements of yourself. And, and I mean, th- those are, those are things I've been focusing on a lot lately. Well, do you find that like when you start to stack those little things, when you start to just clarify and, and refocus that more things start to fall in place? Well, sure. I mean, you know, you're, you're basically, reconstructing your self-confidence and, and it may be in one different element at a time, but yeah, of course, I mean, I can, I can have a, a decent day of physical training that will end up leading to mental clarity when I come home uh, to work. Um, I can end up writing something that I feel is effective and, and thorough and sends the right message and then subsequently have a better day in training. You know, if, if, if the lines of communication that you have with yourself are at least connected enough that while they don't have to be the same thing, they're all somewhat interchangeable, then any element of progress you make is going to is gonna transfer to something else. It's really the same in a lot of ways as, as really good training in that you can accessorize with a totally different implement in a totally different angle, and it will apply to the other implements and the other angles. Um, the same is, the same is, through, the same is true with, with thought process, uh, at least it is for me. You know, for me, something I can kind of give you some perspective on, no matter how bad my day is, no matter what the news I got is, one of the things that I can really pour myself into, and I guess what I, was, I should have asked in a better way was if you find that you're, that you're finding little escape buttons kind of to where you can pause the noise for a few seconds, and that's the way I am with cooking. So no matter how my day is going, Cooking takes a lot of attention, 
you know, it takes a lot of attention to temperature. It takes a lot of attention, excuse me, attention to flavors and spices and seasonings and those kind of things. So my mind can't really think about much else. And it actually starts to kind of like clear some of the cobwebs and whatnot, throw on some great music. I love to cook to like uh, Al Green is a guy that I love to cook to, you know, the trumpets and the jazz um, or, or throw on something, you know, like some Dean Martin, whatever. But those things set a recipe for me that it almost just is like a, like I said, an escape button from anything else that I'm feeling because to me, food prepared well is, is one of those humanly visceral things. Like people appreciate it, you know? And for me to do that little thing for myself is like, okay, dude, you matter, you know, you matter. And that's one of those things that just reminds me that, okay, you're sitting here at, you're about to eat a meal that you would be proud to serve to anyone. That's worth something, you know? So I try to focus on those little things that I'm really good at. And they're kind of like cheat codes in a way that yeah. it, it can pull me out of a lot, but fuck man, I'll take a cheat code any day that makes me feel a little better. Well, I mean, and, and if it's provable, if it's provable and repeatable, then I mean, it's not cheating. Yeah. You know, right. Ad- advancing in a game in unconventional ways isn't cheating. Um, yeah. And, and w- the two things I take from that, the two primary things I take from that are the importance of, of, well thought out ceremony and um the fact that you're that you're casting aspersions on me for not knowing how to cook properly no 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 i've told you many times when i come when i come up there i'm gonna be cooking for you guys but that's that's one of those things man i, can't I didn't out- to make I- light <laughs> no 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 but it's true like there's no way i could out coach you man you're you're a hell of a lot better coach than i am I'll take that I'm a better cook than you, but that's the thing. We we ultimately need each other in some capacity to further each other's experience. And dude, that's that's the beauty of what this relationship is, I think, is we're different, but we're the same. And we're all like we're just on the same path of trying to help people. And man, like well, it, and- it help it helps me. You know, that's the that's the truth of it. It helps me to have these conversations with you whether it helps one person or it helps a hundred, like, man, what, what an awesome Thanksgiving conversation to have. Yeah. You know? I'm so thankful for it. When, 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 when we talked about doing that today, it, it felt, it, it felt extremely appropriate for, for that same reason. And, you know, I guess just to, just to, I, 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 I didn't mean to make too light of that, but it, no, it was perfect. Um, it, it, to, 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 to expand on the ceremony thing for a minute. So that the, 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 what you said and then the, how you said it are both important for people to think about, in my opinion, is that finding something that is quote unquote ceremonial in the sense that you do it all the time and that there are very likely sneaky progress minded details involved that you may not be doing all the time is one of those greatest ways to check out. I mean, and, and this is coming from someone that is quite admittedly terrible at relaxing and and I, I don't say that in some type of workaholic romance like I, I've just gotten really really bad at it yeah. um my, my 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 mind is wrought with with a ton of different things all the time um when my body was worse banged up it was it was a real trouble because I couldn't sit in any sort of position that was comfortable no matter what and and fortunately I'm not there now but but I'm I'm still 
I'm still finding myself finding things that I can, you know, be a little bit neurotic about, but in a positive way. And mm-hmm. those are the things that keep me from losing both focus and function in the things that are the most important to me. Um, if, if I, if I go into a training environment to train, what is almost always at our place, an extremely mixed level group with people that are all extremely hardworking and ready to go, but that all have very different demands and needs. And I come in there with my tanks empty. I'm not going to do the best job for them. And I fucking refuse, man. Yeah. And so what that means is that, is that on the outside, I have to address the little things that, that get those tanks filled back up. And I think that's a that's a great that's a great perspective um, in relation to cooking for you, but in relation to something for everybody. Sure, it's it's. I'm not telling everybody to go cook. That's like I said. I'm not telling you to go cook, but you've got your things. I just want people to remember that they have those things somewhere. There's something that maybe they've forgotten, or maybe there's something that they haven't done in a while that if they revisit, it'll feel different. It'll feel a little better because you got some space from it and you forgot how important it was. And now this shows you clearly how important it was. Like my cooking and my depth of knowledge of cooking is, is vastly deepened during COVID because I got really excited about it because it made me feel good in a time when a lot of things made me feel really bad. (laughs) And, and I guess I'll, I'll, I'll tie this up back to something that we talked about that I think was extremely important. And then after that, I'm, I'm, I'm done and and we can, you'd like or, or whatever yeah. you'd like but um in in that in that notion of ceremony and in that note of uh, in that note of practice uh with things that will actually improve other things if 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 this last piece of the conversation has landed but you're still putting a question mark at what that is and you were curious about the first question we answered which is the self-defense preparedness question the answer may be clear if you if you have if you have a firearm or you're that type of person, get dummy rounds for it. Practice reload drills. Practice clearing malfunction drills. Practice just holding sights and pulling the trigger and just manipulation of that weapon. If if you're in any way carrying a knife or anticipating carrying a knife, look up a vital template. Figure out what you're going to do with that thing. Make sure that you can get it out of wherever it's hiding in absolute seamlessness in a in a matter of moments if none of those are your cup of tea look up some good muay thai look up some good get your ass off the ground drills look up things that will increase your ability to move well under pressure and detail that stuff out until it feels like just walking down the street and and for me, those are some of my simple satisfactions. You know, I, I'm not this training obsessed maniac that has to be training every second. But if I've got free time, I am practically applying some level of training in something. And that's very satisfying to me. And it also means that at the end of every day, I feel like I've gotten a tiny bit better at at least something. Man, that's I couldn't have said it better. Um, I, I completely agree with that statement is to a lot of people, it can look like I'm doing a million different things. And sometimes in a day that I, I am, but it's five minutes of playing guitar that like, kind of like we said was, yeah, it was a good idea, but it, it didn't exactly do what I needed it to do to feel better, but it led to something else. And I'll put on a song or a record and that will lead to something else. And then four or five little skips of the stone later, oh, 
I just needed to go hike. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's finding yep. those things and scratching at those things and not just settling because, well, that's what I decided upon a few minutes ago. Be willing to change. Be willing to adapt. And I think right now, to, to kind of circle back to the last question about anxiety and, and how to deal with all this and as well as some of the other questions altogether, I think there's no guarantees of tomorrow on a world level. There's no damnation of yesterday for you. So today, right now, moving forward through this time, really ask yourself those, those hard questions. Who are you? Are you who you should be? Are you just somebody that you've always been because you've always been? Like now is a good time if you're really struggling with who you are, what you want to be, or how you want to maneuver forward. I think all bets are off. Go for it. Now there's no better time because if you fail, there's a lot of people that are going to be right beside you that have, that have taken some hits too. There's <laughs> going to be a lot of people starting over without choice. So if you can control that as a choice, I think there's, there's some good and there's some strength in that. Uh, man, I mean, that was sharp. Let, let's close on that. That was phenomenal. Well, Greg, man, thank you so much. This is, this is a highlight. Um, I've really enjoyed the conversation. I really enjoy our friendship and I'm just so grateful that we got sidelined on a few things and it happened today. It, it couldn't have been better. So thank you very much. I, I agree. Th thank you all again for listening to, and, and man, yeah, this, <laughs> This is heavy in all the right ways, and and you you know if if people do have questions, you know that form from this thing, um, if there's things that people are looking for, it, it, you know, there's just, there's just so much good that can be done when people of different backgrounds are actually willing to put some of that stuff aside and just look at what's next for all of us. Yep. And um, so yeah, thank yeah thank and thank you again. Yeah, that was excellent. All right, guys. Till next time. Thank you so much. Thank Peace, you. Peace, love, and meat.